And this is a podcast where we explore different topics related to mental health and tie those themes into the anime we watch. This week, we'll be diving into the topic of anxiety, but specifically through the film A Silent Voice. Uh, before we get started, though, how was your week? Um, my week is going okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going okay. Did you I, um, go somewhere? I did. I went to uh, San Francisco this past mm-hmm. weekend um, to visit a friend and just get some uh, some homey hangs in because I've, I've really been needing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pandemic's been rough, man. So. I, I feel that. I went to the beach yesterday with a bunch of friends. First of all, I hate the beach. Um, but I was to the beach with a bunch of friends and it was so nice to be around people like that because like I've seen um, people since the pandemic not during like the main bit but like recently I've been seeing people but not like that many people in that kind of setting so I, I can imagine it being very nice and refreshing yes very nice and refreshing I'm glad that you got to get some homie hangs too then yeah yeah it was uh, one of my friend's birthdays oh okay cool Gemini season yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine's in two days. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I need to get you a gift. (laughs) No. We still do. I'll get you something. Okay. Well, we still, I still need to come up there anyway to uh, go to the, yeah, the, I can't think of what it's called, but just describing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The way I think of it is anime uh, warehouse. Yes. (laughs) Basically. But sprinkle in some sports. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, um, what was I going to say, though? Oh, yeah, but the Leo rising in me did uh, hijack a little bit of the day yesterday because for some reason everyone felt the need to take pictures of me. So I'm just standing, sitting down around like, hello, hello. I saw you post. <laughs> my, friends, my friends forced me to post that, and I was like, it's revealing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a beach. Yeah, I get it. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, anything else from your week? Yeah. Um, well, some news is that I'm um trying I'm taking a step back from my job. And when I say step back, I'm like quitting. <laughs> um, because I want to um focus more on some of the other work that I've been and other projects that I've been um in mm-hmm. because they have been like more energizing and fulfilling for me. And so I hope um to yeah to be um more of a support for you in in this podcast and any other like projects Mm -hmm. that we might um find ourselves working on together for anime for humanity um really wanting to invest more of my time and energy into Mm -hmm. this work because it feels really good to have these conversations and to to talk about these topics and stuff together Mm-hmm. Does it feel like a weight off your shoulders? Not oh having... my gosh! <laughs> Tried so hard not to say a word there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's made the last um, this pa- these past couple of weeks tough though, just because like the work involved with leaving is mm-hmm. is rough. It's a lot of hard conversations with folks, um, mm-hmm. especially like my clients, like having to yeah. tell them I'm leaving that kind of thing, and so um it's generated a lot of anxiety for me oh, <laughs> and, oh. whoa wait hold um, on 
We're not there yet. Calm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to 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 take a, a little bit of a break. Um, yeah. That's exciting. How about you? Oh, uh, how about me? Mm-hmm. Well, in the past couple of days, I found my new obsession: Stray Kids, um, the K-pop group. I'm sorry. Do you know them? Yeah. <gasps> Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't I know think... like their music. Like oh. I don't know their music in and out, but I know who they are. I know okay. K-pop. <laughs> okay. Um, I just need you to take a brief moment and go on Google. Are we googling faces? Mm, yes, we are. Um, <laughs> okay. So well, my fav- my favorite. Um, or sorry, my bias. Your bias. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll spell out his name because it's hard to um, type after okay. pronouncing. Anyways, H uh, Y U N. J-I-N. Okay. Oh. Oh. After seeing your anime simplest. Does it make sense? <laughs> it makes sense. This makes sense. He is so pretty. Um, now type in Felix. I think you'll probably have to type Stray Kids after. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This man is so pretty. He He's Australian. Oh. Yeah. I might. So- yeah, yes, that's it. <laughs> so it's funny because I didn't realize that. And when I was watching, because like, when I watch like BTS stuff, like they they speak in English, like they, well, at least the one that does speak fluent English sounds pretty American. Uh, yeah. But when um majority of them are speaking English in like their interviews and stuff, they had an Australian accent. And I was like, did they just pick one? <laughs> they're just like, well, they're Australian. And then I found out two of their members is, are from Australia. And I'm like, well, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, funny. but that's what I've been doing for the past um, three days is just watching their music videos on repeat. No, I feel that whenever I find like a new, um, especially like a K-pop group, mm-hmm. I just fall into a hole because there's so much like content media and content. Yeah, to like take in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. After this, after this, we'll uh, I'll sh- screen share and we can watch one of their music videos. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the, is that our next podcast? Is a uh, <laughs> K-pop and, and and anime and mental health. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay. Um. But yeah. Other than that, I'm just chilling. Um. But we can go into a mental health check. Where Where are you mentally? Um. Well, uh, as I mentioned, I'm quitting my job, <laughs> so I've been teetering pretty uh extremely back and forth between like feeling really um like full and uh happy and um just enjoying myself with Mm -hmm. seeing friends again and like things slowly opening back up and like feeling like I'm you know like living Mm -hmm. my life kind of thing um doing the things that I like have always known to make me happy like you know just sharing space with other people I care about Mm -hmm. um so on one hand I've been doing that and on the other hand I've been miserable um because yeah not like there's of course the reason why I left my job and then Mm -hmm. also the like the mountains of work that is involved in doing that and yeah the the really tough kind of conversations have to to have with people um Mm -hmm. leaving and so I've been kind of like swinging back and forth pretty um rapidly between yeah. those two kinds of uh feelings and so it's been a exhausting week I'll say that it's really tiring 
at least there's like a light at the end of the tunnel type of thing. So like when 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 you do get to finally like quit essentially, you don't have to yeah. worry about that part. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it'll be nice. Sure. Two more weeks. Oh. You got this. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> how about you? How are you doing? Um I'm good. <laughs> I yeah, I I have a lot of things that I'm looking forward to um, that are coming up. So, like, I'm finally getting a PC. I'm using my work computer right now. So now I get to start attempting to game. Um, Yes. Okay. Oh, I already have an account. Um, I can't, like, use it on here. I I only use it on my Mac, which I can't even, like, there's not much games for that anyways. But, um uh i was telling my roommate that i really want to play zoo tycoon and yeah they, and i was i posted on my private twitter i was like if i start playing zoo tycoon um and like streaming it would you guys watch and so many of my friends responded saying yes so my like, guys no <laughs> yes heather zoo tycoon premiere streamer uh yeah and then i'll just i don't know talk about life while i build my zoom <laughs> um but so that's that's coming and then um uh, fun things are happening in my office, and um, other than that, I I'm excited for these things to happen. There's other things that I'm overthinking about in my life, but also like I just choose to ignore those aspects. So oh, for sure, I feel that. Yeah, I feel like there's a way. I don't know if you do this, but like when something is like like looming for me, like mm-hmm. I know it's coming up in the next week or whatever, I almost can't like think about anything past that date. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, I know something's coming up on a Friday um, and it's the weekend right after, right? It's like, I can't make weekend plans because I can't, I can't even think past Friday kind of thing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm planning kind of person. I'm planning things for like months in advance. So I get you in like the mentality of it. Like I uh-huh. will like hyper-focus on things that are like happening and coming up and won't focus on things past that, but like. I'll still be yeah. prepared nonetheless. <laughs> and then, yeah, just the other part of getting excited like, for it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah. I like, uh, so like with my birthday, I like planned reservations. Mm-hmm. So like I, I did the, like the logistical work of planning, okay, okay. but then, but then, mm. uh, didn't invite anyone. <laughs> Wait, you're joking. <laughs> Cause it, for that exact reason, right? Like I, I made the plans. So like the plans are there, but uh-huh. I can't think past Friday. <laughs> so I haven't like actually invited anyone or like talk to anyone about it. <laughs> Yep. You probably so I, I should. Yeah, I should figure oh that God. out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel that. So funny. <laughs> it probably makes you pretty anxious, right? Mm-hmm. Boop, 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 boop. That's, That's our secret so word for today. <laughs> That's our secret word, everybody. Um, so this episode, we wanted to um, bring back the conversation around anxiety and um, 
focus it or, or center it around uh, an anime, a silent voice that's on Netflix. And so, um, Heather, thank you for that recommendation. It ruined me yesterday. <laughs> and so I can't wait to get into it. Oh my God. I, um, uh, was, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so today we're um, bringing in the conversation of anxiety and centering it around a silent voice, which is a movie on Netflix that Heather, thank you for the recommendation. You're so but, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, because it messed me up. <laughs> but um, just to kind of define what what anxiety is for our the purpose of our conversation, um, I'm using the definition here from the Oxford Dictionary: a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And so, um, I think the you know operative terms here, right? Fear and worry, and then something. Um, like an imminent event or something in the future. And so kind of that feeling of apprehension, that building like tension that um, can kind of accompany that, uh, that, uh, that worry. Um, and so, yeah, I'm wondering, have you, what's your like, like personal experience or like, how do you make sense of anxiety in your own life? Um, yeah, I, I would classify myself as a pretty anxious person. I really like to have, control of every situation in my life, which is very unfortunate for me because I don't ultimately have control of anything. Um, so yeah, I get pretty anxious pretty regularly. For me, it's a lot of like social anxiety um, that stems from like being afraid of making a fool of myself, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> that. I excuse me, sorry. I I don't typically think of myself as a super, super anxious person. Um there's a there's a lot of ways in which I kind of um the 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 things that I might worry about, I've come to just kind of accept, um, which sometimes feels like self-deprecating, where it's mm -hmm. like, I will have thoughts of like, why well, I don't want to feel like a fool. And my way of like managing that feeling is by just is coming to like a um, acceptance of like, well, maybe you are. And so sometimes it's like, maybe that's not as helpful as um, in some situations and it can come off as like self-deprecating in some situations, mm -hmm. but it is helpful for me in managing that. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely when it comes to, I think this, the idea of disappointing people, I think that is where my um, anxiousness or like my fear and worry is, is mostly um, uh, centered in. And so it's, it's, it's more mm -hmm. with people that I already know and feeling anxious around them and feeling anxious about, disappointing or upsetting um those people if it's if it's someone i know i don't care if i look like a fool are you mm -hmm. yeah but, but if it's someone that i do know i'm more worried about yeah just disappointing them or letting them down um anxiousness for me it sometimes it can it can look like or, or feel like um like like a lot of like pressure on my chest like it's i'm having a hard time breathing um i've woken up like that sometimes before and just been like "Ooh, there's something going on in my life if i'm like waking up in the morning and like nothing has even happened in my day yet and i'm mm -hmm. already feeling this way um i'm wondering do you have any like uh kind of in your body experiences of anxiety um i think for me it's a lot of just like in my head i can feel my mind just racing to the point where i can't think of anything else Mm -hmm. Um, and once my thoughts are consumed, I tend to just break down and generally I just cry. 
love crying. Yeah. Good cry helps. Uh, I, I love crying, to be honest. So it's funny because, like, when I make jokes about how much I cry, people are like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, no, but it's <laughs> this okay. This is my favorite It's pastime. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you do when you're upset? <laughs> Don't cry? Okay. <laughs> No, for sure. I I probably have gotten more comfortable with crying in the past like a uh, couple years, but it is it is very cathartic to like get a good mm-hmm. cry out and then be like, ooh, I feel like I just took like I like woke up from a big nap and like refreshed, clear, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. especially like when you find like a good like playlist or song or something and you're going on a drive and you just like scream the lyrics while crying and then at the end <laughs> you're like yep cool needed that go, yeah. gonna go back to my being myself now I guess yeah that exact uh that exact thing happened to me uh like a couple weeks ago on my way to work I mm-hmm. what I hadn't ever listened to the lyrics of this particular song before it was um I think it's called pull my heart away by jack penate or something like that it's like an older song but okay. um, i had i had not listened to the lyrics but then i for whatever reason i was like hmm maybe today at 8 a.m on a tuesday morning i will listen to i will actually pay attention and i and i did mm-hmm. and i was like <laughs> on my way to work and it's like okay i made a choice this morning but that's yeah. so funny that's kind <laughs> of like what happened to me with musician by Porter robinson oh yeah Catches you off guard. Yeah. Um, music, man. Yeah, I love music. You have a whole uh, separate episode about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, want to dive into this movie? Sure. Okay. So as it was already introduced, uh, Style of Voice on Netflix. If anybody has Netflix. Um, I was trying to decide how we want to like go about this. Um, so we're going to attempt to do it similarly to how we did To Your Eternity couple episodes ago but we'll see how it goes so we'll start with the introduction of the main character uh shoya shoya ishida uh we begin with seeing this carefree 12 year old boy who seems to be interested in making life fun and exciting regardless of how it affects other people we get introduced to the new student class shoko uh nishimiya uh and shoya immediately is taken aback by the fact that she's different he views her as as different and begins to play pranks on her um, claiming he wants to know how deaf she really is i should have said that she's deaf but i feel like if you've seen it you understand um this proceeds as he begins to resent her more uh since she does not seem to react to the way he, react the way he wants her to and he also starts to view her as more of a hindrance in class since um, they have to go like slower because of her. And now they're just starting to do like learning sign language a little bit and whatnot. Uh, this escalates until he ends up owing thousands of dollars after destroying her uh, hearing aids. Um, um, we can talk about that first. About right. like it's interesting because um i started reading the manga right after because i had a phase not a phase but i just really liked the movie so i started um wanting to take any other forms of media of it and the manga does um describe why he's like that a bit more i there's more details i probably should have remembered because i haven't read it in a couple months but for example i remember he kind of like picked on this boy in their class and it turns out it was his older sister's uh, boyfriend at the time's little brother. So then like the uh, sister's boyfriend like beat the crap out of him. Um, and I think that's like, I think that was one of the things in the manga that kind of stemmed his like 
acting out, if that makes sense. Um, but don't don't get that confused with Pedro. <laughs> her, uh, <laughs> her, uh, her current um, baby daddy. Um, yeah. Um, I, I I probably should have taken more notes on like how the manga is a little bit different. Um, but either way, he seems like a little shit. And uh, <laughs> it's hard to sympathize with him when you first watch it because you're kind of like, this kid is just straight up bully and we're supposed to care about him eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So yeah, um, I, I kind of liked how they um, pieced together like this opening, um, like basically like vignette of their childhood um, and mm-hmm. how they did kind of present Shoya as just kind of like, yeah, like a douche. And with, yeah. but, but with no, with not a lot of context as to why, right? Yeah. We, we don't really get that, which I think was, um, I, I thought was like helpful in kind of not trying to make excuses for yeah totally like his behavior and just being like this is like they're they're really like you don't need the context because all you need to know is that he was a jerk to this girl mm-hmm. um and that's that's all that's all you that's all the the information that you need at least from this opening vignette for you mm-hmm. to you know to take you through the story that we're going to take you on kind of yeah thing. and that's probably why like those bits and pieces from the manga weren't added like that makes sense like i like how you put it because at first when i was reading it i was like wow this kind of would have helped with his like character development a little bit but then when you when you said it like that it in puts into perspective a little bit mm-hmm. about like not making excuses that makes sense um also about the whole opening uh did you did you like the vibe <laughs> that sounds weird but it started off with that one song the like uh what song was it i can't think of the song but i do have a thoughts about like the way that they use music throughout um mm. But hold on, which song is it? Maybe I can hear a snippet. It, uh, oh, crap. Hold on a second. Um, uh, silent voice. Voice? Who's gonna get there first? Uh, American okay. song. American song. Um, that's mm-hmm. not it. It was not Billie Eilish. Maybe. Maybe it was. My generation. Oh. What is it? My generation. Oh, my generation. Uh, how's that song go? Wanting to sing American Idiot, and that's not it. Oh, by the Who? Yeah. Um. Oh, people will try to put us down. Is that how it goes? Talking about my generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought that was just very interesting, especially with how um, the motion of the characters were kind of moving with it. Like they mm-hmm. had this like. Uh, I don't want to say swag uh, about them where they're like, yeah, we're 12 year old boys and we don't give crap what anyone thinks. Yeah. There's like a carefreeness to it. That mm-hmm. was, ve- that felt kind of um, uh, like reckless and innocent at the same time, just mm-hmm. like we're doing whatever we want and we're not really like thinking about the consequences. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. I think it was, good at setting the the tone for like these are kids and they don't yeah. really know what they're doing um mm-hmm. but they're you know having fun or whatever mm-hmm. like they're just doing whatever f- feels good or right for them right now kind of thing yeah. 
but they're about to learn that <laughs> their actions have lasting consequences. So at this point, the narrative flips, his friends completely turn on him um, and begin to blame him for all the pranks and bullying while everyone did participate in some way or another. From this point, Shoya becomes the kid that is bullied and we start to see how anxiety becomes a very big factor and how he goes through his life. Um, so I guess this is less about anxiety, but just like, well, maybe it is more about anxiety, but do you have any like thoughts on like, I guess how, I guess how, how bullying affects children and how that kind of like yeah. plays a big role in how people, I guess, move forward. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that there's, um, for one, I think it's like just important to recognize, uh, how in, in this anime, how they portray how these like events that are happening to them as chil as children are very are like are impactful um and the ways mm -hmm. in which they are like making sense and making meaning of the things that are happening to them um as as kids which i think mm -hmm. doesn't really happen a lot of time like in the real world like we don't i feel like there's not a lot of credit given to kids on the things that they're going through right that i think sometimes they're it's kind of assumed like oh like this won't matter to them when they're older or um it's, there's just kids like like it's it's mm -hmm. not a big deal kind of thing but for for kids at the time it is a big deal like this mm -hmm. is this this is um this is it, the perspective of their world is at this point like their classroom like that is their mm -hmm. world and so when things happen in there it feels really big and it feels really um important and so i um just like appreciating how the anime was able to do that and show that like the things that were the, the seemingly mundane things that were happening um in their interactions with each other and interactions with like the um the staff at the school even uh was like really important for them and they were like mm -hmm. making they were making big meanings out of it um yeah. yeah yeah and i think um those years are like key in like um what's the word what's the word Form formative formative years is that kind of mm -hmm. the phrase yeah um, because like i i remember moments when i was growing up with like maybe not bullying to this extent at all but people just saying really mean things to like me or about my friends or x y and z that really like uh, never left mm -hmm. me so i i mean i remember getting um bullied for like my face breaking out all the time and so now i'm to this day i'm still super self-conscious about it even though like media and like influencers and whatnot are trying to like portray that as like a, it's not a bad thing but it's still like mm -hmm. uh, i got a thought in my brain like uh, i need to cover up my face because people are gonna you know bully me for it so, yeah you know yeah yeah or say something or whatever right yeah um i so the when i practice therapy i uh usually practice from a theory called narrative which is um really uh centered around um how like life experiences are storied and it and it thinks about things in in story and so um with something like this uh with with bullying i think about how it kind of sets up a story for some folks like <laughs> there's like that moment at the beginning where shoya or, or during this vignette right where shoya is um like writes this message on the wall that um what is our character's name? <laughs> Shoko. Shoko. That that Shoko um like made um I forgot her name Mina. 
one of one of the other like classmates like basically like she was the reason why she like transferred to another school and and that she was the cause of her oh, disappearing the, the so, girl that looked like a lesbian sorry <laughs> what's her what's her name not during pride month am i wrong <laughs> she touched her boobs low-key yeah that is true i was i was like okay this is a man what are you ship here mickey no no that's someone else no that's the other one is it is it sahara yeah, it's Sahara. Yeah, Sahara. Look, look at her. Miyoko Sahara. Head. Yeah. No, I was happy for her. I was like, okay. Yeah. She grown now. She <laughs> knows who she is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just so, so like, and I'm, and has me wondering, right? Like how this is setting up a story for, um, for Shoko that like she makes people go away, <laughs> and how like how impactful this moment might be for her in in creating a. A narrative that might continue you know for the mm -hmm. rest of her life or yeah. in, in ways where she like when other things happen it will feel like just another part of it like this is part of that story kind of thing yeah um and so that makes sense yeah. with the fact that like a lot of things she does is driven by the fact that she thinks um she's to blame for everything that happened because in theory like in her in her mind if she didn't show up at the school uh Shoya wouldn't have bullied her and he wouldn't have gotten in trouble and all these things wouldn't have happened to him yeah. which makes no sense because obviously like he could just not be a a douche yeah <laughs> but uh, it's but funny mind, she's a like, douche but yeah, I, I but it's true, it's it's true. Word. i was a prick but i'm like i don't think that's a good way to describe it yeah but yeah um but and, we'll, yeah. oh yeah go ahead no you can go Oh, um, and and not just like the events that were happening, but like people were like telling these things to her, right? Like Naoko oh, yeah. was like telling her to her face, like you're the one to blame. And so um, how even that, like not knowing that maybe that this story is already like building for this person mm -hmm. for um, for Shoko, right? Like this is a story that they're already starting to like um, develop within themselves that like mm -hmm. I'm, it's my fault for these things happening. And now to have someone um like tell like say that and story mm -hmm. it to your face like i i doubt that um naoka knew the impact of what she was doing in that moment but um yeah uh just seeing how that can feed into mm -hmm. like somewhat like a, someone's narrative that they're like they're building about them who they are and like their own life and stuff and so yeah yeah well especially with shoko because she really like i mean obviously she can she has she has eyes she can see um but she really only knows what people tell her like mm -hmm. to like what people tell her to her face signing or writing or reading lips but there's a whole other world that's going around her around her but she doesn't know what's actually happening um whereas these people these characters are feeding her like these like yeah these completely different narratives saying she's to blame for things and in her mind she doesn't realize what else is going on so she's like okay i guess i am to blame because this person sees more than i do or knows more than i do they hear hear more than i do so they must be right um and i'm sure that plays like a big role in that kind of in like her character's um growth in like not growth but in blaming herself mm -hmm. um but yeah we can move um forward into the present um 
Sorry, while you're highlighting that on the document. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Here we go. Come on, Heather. Move on to present day. No, that was for me. That was for me. Oh, my God. It probably looks so shady. <laughs> no. um, okay. <laughs> after after this flashback, because this whole thing was a flashback, um, it started off with us um, kind of seeing what Shoya was planning on doing, but then we get the flashback and then we move forward in the present day. We see Shoya essentially preparing for himself to take his own life. He cancels his bank accounts, uh, pulls out the rest of his money that he owes his mom from the, um, those are hearing aids, right? The, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which real quick flashback to her mom, who I don't know what she did, but physically harmed Shoya's mom. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that part I know, it's, like it took me a second. I was like, wait, how? Why is she bleeding? But yeah. um, I think I think getting to meet um, Shoko's mom later in the in the movie, it it does mm-hmm. kind of like make sense. Like, oh okay, she probably yeah. like ripped her earring out, legit mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I will say there is a prior scene in the manga that was actually really interesting and kind of told a little more about her mom, which I'm going to say it now just because it happens in the flashback section mm-hmm. of the manga. But her um, Shoko goes into Shoya's mom's hair salon to get a haircut. And Shoya wants just, or Shoko wants this like super girly haircut, you know, normal small girl. Um, and Shoko, Shoya's mom's about to do it. Gosh, why is her name so similar? Um, <laughs> and Shoko's mom comes in and is like, what are you doing? And um, Shoya's mom's like, oh, like this is the haircut she wanted. And Shoko's mom's like, no, that's not what we talked about. I told you to get this one. And it's like cutting it super short so that like she looks more masculine um, because her mom feared that she'd get bullied and wanted her to look like a boy so that kids wouldn't bully her. And then she like left. I don't know for what reason, but then Shoya's mom's like, do you want that haircut? And she's like, no, I don't. And so Shoya's mom still gave her like the girly haircut and um, Shoya's mom came back and was pissed and then was like, I'm not paying you and then left. Um, But that all happened before uh shoko started going to their school mm. so i think it's i actually that was interesting because it really paints more of a picture of like her mom as yeah. like a wants to be helpful but in the worst way possible yeah not very yeah not very informed by <laughs> what's going on around her yeah. or even like what her daughter is telling her and more just based in like her own her own anxieties sounds yeah. like right like yeah. mom is mom is anxious about like her daughter getting bullied which makes sense and at the same mm-hmm. time like is not able to take in anything that her daughter is saying anything that like um you know Shoya's mom is saying about like hey like I think you know this is what she wants yeah kind of thing. yeah so it was very interesting but so sorry we'll circle back to where we were uh okay um, pulls out the money that he owes his mom. That's where we were. Um, rips off his calendar after the point when she was deciding to do it, and but ultimately decides not to. Um, this is the moment. Uh, this moment just shows where his character is is when handling his anxiety and trauma. Um, we get this um, after this fact. We get this interesting imagery of the characters he interacts with having exes 
on their faces and he can't look anyone in the eye. And I will say I love that aspect of this movie so much because I feel like it's put like a visual imagery on something that like a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For sure. I, and something, too, that I appreciate is how they like the the animation style during these segments. Um, something like, you know, when we, we talked about at the beginning, the different ways in which anxiety can show up like in the body, like those mm-hmm. in-body experiences, you can, I, I feel like they, they did a good job at trying to show how it feels like for Shoya when he is, yeah, and is, is experiencing heightened anxiety when he's in a crowd of people or like trying mm-hmm. to get to his classroom and moving through the hallway like it was like everything was kind of like blurry and like the the sound felt muffled mm-hmm. and and yeah you just get the sense that like it's really disorienting and it's really like impairing to like I don't know it, it looked like it was hard to walk <laughs> kind of yeah thing. yeah and you um, can't see and um on that note sorry to circle back again because I forgot to um talk about a bit about that it's just um, his mom's reaction to him um, attempting to take his own life and how I think this, I feel like this entire time she's uh, surprisingly not a bad mother. <laughs> um, and I feel like that is interesting in anime specifically because I feel like a lot of shows that do portray anxiety and stuff have the crappiest parents. But she's over here just like, for the love of God, please live. <laughs> I am, I'm literally begging you. I'm going to accidentally burn your money. So you have to make it back anyways. Yeah. No, I, I, I enjoyed uh, um, how they portrayed mom, um, especially like when they first introduced her at the beginning um, during that the childhood vignette, like not mm-hmm. really sure, like, okay, how is she going to handle this situation where her son is, you know, or getting a call from the school where her son is, you know, and learning that her son is um, bullying another kid and all this mm-hmm. stuff, like, how is mom going to handle this situation? And um, I think at that time, it was still kind of vague, right? Like, how how informed mom is of, like, what's going on or and and how she is able to best kind of, like, navigate that kind of situation. But definitely, like, in this moment, the way that she kind of confronts her son about um, his plans and how she shares with him, like, I'm not dumb. I, I saw that you cut your, your calendar off. I saw that, like, I saw all these signs and things. And um, yeah, just appreciating how they, how, how mom, how, how mom is, um, seems to be a really like kind of grounding character. Yeah. Um, or grounding person, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. in uh, Shoya's life. Um, yeah. Someone who's paying attention to him and who mm-hmm. is um, caring and compassionate uh, unconditionally, mm-hmm. even when he's, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of important characters in his development, um, I think it's a good time to bring up, um, I'm going to say this correctly, uh, Tomohiro Nagi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never learned his name. Chucky I just Boy. knew him as yeah. <laughs> the one that kind of looks like Manetta. Yeah, I was gonna say the one that looks like a green-haired Manetta. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this kid really just inserts himself in Shoya's life. Uh, Shoya went out of his way to help this kid. Really hesitated at first, but eventually does do the right thing um, at his own expense, especially because I think he, like, lost his bike after that. Uh, this really shows um, us, first of all, how he's, like, changed over the past five years, because he's, like, 
helping someone else out knowing that like something bad's probably going to happen to him um and sets him up on that path to gaining an authentic friendship and i think that's the first time we see like an ex fall off someone's face is with this character yeah. um I, I i really do like this character because he just kind of is like i'm not leaving you i'm sorry we're bffs mm-hmm. now and there's nothing you can do about it yeah no for sure i think i feel like um tommy hero like spoke um against all of the kinds of messages that shoya was telling himself in his anxiety right like that people are gonna like people don't want to associate with me people don't want to be around me people are talking behind or talking bad about me like all of those things that shoya um i think it's like during one of those like uh, early scenes where he's he is he's literally like (laughs) dubbing the conversations that other people are having around him right and so like which I thought I thought was like a like a genius um, way of showing that yeah like Sho- like Shoya's anxiety is giving voice to these other people and the, and that voice is saying bad things about him right and mm-hmm. and it's and it's not their voice it's his own voice yeah. <laughs> because he's dubbing it but um yeah the way that Tomohiro like was speaking directly in opposition of those things right mm-hmm. and saying like I'm here and I'm gonna stick around. I'm your best friend now. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I yeah. thought was I just really appreciated uh, how how he was able to kind of do that without even knowing, right? That that this is something that Shoya like really needed is someone mm-hmm. to kind of say these things. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think he was pretty crucial in like obviously the beginning of. Um, this journey Shoya is about to go on and making all these friends and whatnot. Um, so I thought it was important to bring up prior to like really talking about Shoko. Um, mm-hmm. But now speaking about Shoko, um, previously having spoken of her being the subject of the bullying, 17-year-old Shoya attempts to make amends, having changed his character drastically and learning sign language as a way to communicate with her. Uh, she's immediately understanding and understandably hesitant but takes to show his request for friendship rather easily showing her um character um like i love the panel where he's like like can we be friends i, I don't know what the thing is it's something like yeah, that i don't know something like that mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't i don't know do you have any comments on like the initial like Oh, their, like, first interaction with each other? Yeah, like, going from uh, not seeing each other for a half, like, I think it's five years, to him just being, like, hello, I learned sign language. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I might have missed some of, like, the context around this, uh, mm-hmm. just because, um, I don't know, like, the movie, the movie, like, was fitting in a lot of information, so I might have missed it. Yeah. And maybe it's in the manga, but um, don't know, don't really know, like, how long he'd been learning sign language, if this, if he was, like, gearing up for this interaction for a long time, or mm-hmm. if this was something that was kind of, like, new for him because he had chosen not to, or had decided, like, on the bridge that he wasn't actually going to um, <laughs> go through with his plans. Oh, um, Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because oh, at that at this point, he like he he knew he didn't know a lot of sign language, so I wasn't sure yeah. if like if it was like oh, okay, he decided on what was it April fifteenth that he's not he's not actually going to come um go through with his plans, and then in those two three days, he was like, if, since I'm not going to go through that, I'm going to make amends, and yeah. that's when he learned sign language kind of thing, or if yeah. he's been like gearing up for even before then hmm. for this um. 
I don't so know. Yeah, that's a good. That is a good question, though. Um, I feel like it's also interesting because with for someone that has severe social anxiety, um, I think personally, I'm very proud of him for even going there mm. and saying anything. I would not have. There's no way in hell I would have sent a text message. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I bullied you yeah. in elementary school. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think that already shows like a huge growth in his character because like not only um change like like the whole redemption factor of it but also just like dealing with anxiety and still like going out of your way to do that mm-hmm. so i thought that was rather interesting yeah no for sure i think um there's a way to in which shoya knew that that wasn't all he needed to do right like mm-hmm. he i think that shoya knew that like this was just the start of him making amends and not the like singular mm-hmm. thing that he needed to do to make amends um because yeah. i think that like a, a shoya that might not have completely like um uh i guess like understood the like the impact of his bullying might have might have just like handed over the notebook and like sorry and then that's the end of our movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. um and so yeah i like how shoya uh was yeah like took the took the initiative to like make it happen and really put himself out there especially mm-hmm. after like coming from a place where he was ready to kill himself yeah. and then um and then two was persistent because homegirl like ran away oh, <laughs> um and well, he was like oh. so i just thought that was funny too because she ran away and because she's scared of him obviously he literally yeah. bullied her and he his first thought is i need to run after her yeah how terrifying (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's true um Um, but yeah it was it was a sweet moment um and and like seeing how uh shoya was able to recognize like the sign language that he was like using to try to connect with um shoya uh, shoko again mm -hmm. and like having that moment too where like he's like oh my gosh this is what she was trying to like this is what she was trying to tell me like way back when and seeing how he was able Mm -hmm. to have that kind of um he he was able to have that kind of full circle moment yeah uh was just reinforcing that okay our our character has changed and and we're seeing kind of how he's Mm -hmm. making yeah making amends for the things that he recognizes now were like not not okay i think it's interesting though because i feel like if he had known that's what she was asking he still wouldn't have like changed his actions because he still would be like heck no i'm not gonna be your yeah. friend you can't hear anything so like mm-hmm. um and then moving along though with their um, friendship there's a few you know roadblocks um mm-hmm. one you already brought up as uh how do you Naoka, yeah um her just obviously coming in and being like you're this is all your fault um that was yeah and like i thought it was very interesting because like as you mature generally like i think you people tend to i don't know maybe i'm wrong but people tend to like lose the natural instinct to just like be mean to people for no reason mm-hmm. and when they see her for the first time and she immediately goes back to like taking her um hearing aids yeah yeah and i thought that was so interesting like you're a 17 year old like you're you're you've at least matured in the past five years yet you're still gonna Mm -hmm. act like this 
Yeah, I thought she served as like a really good contrast to show Shoya's character, right? Because yeah. they had similar, um, I guess, like mm-hmm. experiences as oh, as yeah. bullies for um for Shoko. Like they mm-hmm. they kind of were, yeah, they're kind of the same in that. Um, but you see how different they they are now, right? Yeah, like, the way that they the way that they um, make sense of the bullying as kids mm-hmm. and like their, their relationship to Shoko now, like is completely yeah. different. Um, which is, which is sad though, because uh, she didn't get bullied retroactively, not retroactively in return afterwards. So like mm-hmm. hers is because she just really assumed that she was right this entire time. Whereas like uh, Ashoya was like then bullied into being, a better person almost but not mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. so i don't know i just it's, it's just interesting and that yeah. kind of like um that dichotomy mm-hmm. um another roadblock though is shoko's mom who um like actively is like no doesn't she say like you can't you can't be friends with this boy mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um which obviously changes a little bit eventually um and i mean like rightfully so though like if i if, if my child was like i'm and be BFFs with the child that bullied me and caused me like or like mm-hmm. destroyed thousand dollars worth of my uh my property okay, yeah. I'd be like you sure yeah do you really want to do that mm-hmm. um or at least yeah it's like skeptical is like skeptical yeah. as to like what does he want now yeah. <laughs> like yeah. after like now he wants to like be your friend um mm-hmm. yeah I, I could sense Shoko's like um uh at this point right it, it was coming across as hesitation but we didn't re- we we didn't know at this mm-hmm. point yet the 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 full extent to which um shoko's mom or yeah shoko's mom like her her style of parenting we don't yeah. we don't quite know that yet at this point but yeah i, I could get her being like pretty skeptical um mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then at this point, Shoya and Shoko's friend group start expanding, at which um, Ueno, the, the girl, decides to tell Shoko how much she hates her and blames her for what happens to Shoya. This causes a rift in their friend group as uh, Miki um, exposes Shoya's previous actions to the entire group because they didn't really know about him bullying her. Uh, Shoya dismisses any apologies and only continues to remain close to Shoko and her family. Um, real quick, interesting fact though, uh, Miki's uh, last name is Kawaii, which means scared. Oh. I just think that's interesting because that's kind of like, it matches her personality almost. Yeah, she's it does. just like, af- I don't know, afraid of like um, mm-hmm. anyone seeing past, like seeing deeper into her, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's see- not really that important of a character, but she's like, there you know yeah i i felt that she was really important and um kind of like she she kind of exposes people well, yeah. <laughs> like yeah her 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 fear i wonder right like the the how her anxiety manifests is in um like her being afraid of being seen as anything but like perfect smart perfect yeah, yeah. exactly um and so when that gets like uh when that becomes like a risk for her like i feel like um she's oh my gosh what am i trying to say the important moments in the story where she kind of like rats on people or exposes them yeah. comes from moments when she feels that her own reputation is at risk and so yeah 100%. Um, 
Yeah. And so she's like, that's her way of like defend or like defending um, or protecting herself, I guess, uh, protecting herself and protecting the things that this thing that she's really anxious about, which is um, being seen as less than perfect. Uh, It happens at the beginning when Shoya is like, you also bullied her (laughs) Um, as a kid uh, when the teacher calls out um, Shoya as a bully. And then it also happens. um, Yeah. When uh, Mickey exposes Shoya's. history of bullying Shoko and then um it happens again um Mickey is kind of central to these moments where um she's like exposing people or mm-hmm. yeah kind of like making <laughs> making a deal I don't know what I'm trying to say but Mickey's yeah, there I, yeah I get you I get you <laughs> yeah um but yeah, so this, but this moment I feel like is um, important moving into the next as uh, the next thing that happens, which is um, Shoko and Shoya going to the local festival, and Shoko claims she needs to go home for homework, being asked by Shoko's sister. Um, Shoya goes to their apartment to grab a camera and sees Shoko attempting to take her own life. In the process of saving her, he ends up in a coma. First of all, initial reactions to that because I sobbed like a little baby. I was so scared as soon as she left the festival and like mm-hmm. the things that she was signing to um, Shoya, I was like, that, mm-hmm. that don't seem right. Something's wrong. Something's mm-hmm. off. Um, why is she saying thank you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How dare she? Yeah. It's like, what? Uh, uh, Shoya, I need you to pay attention a little. <laughs> but um, yeah. And like, just feeling how like the like they they were they they paced that scene really well because they were just they would give you like like small small hint after small hint they never they didn't really like um explicitly Mm -hmm. reveal like what was happening until the very very end and so the tension was pretty high at that point because you're like she's going home by herself her parent like um her mom and her little sister don't know um or like why she went back home um Mm -hmm. Like they're already setting it up, like uh, um, that Shoy Sh- Shoko shouldn't be home, and Shoya should not also be going after her. But there, you mm-hmm. know, like the, there's a situation that's played out yeah. where he is, and so it's like, ooh, okay, so something's about to happen, and so I was, I was super tense. Um, yeah, yeah. that that scene really caused me a lot of anxiety when he was running after her. To like once inside the apartment to mm-hmm. stop her and just everything was getting in his way and I'm like mm-hmm. oh my gosh this is like my dreams when I try to do something and I simply can't do anything because like for some reason dream me can't walk forward without tripping over something you know what I mean yeah yeah um, and and like the, they do the same thing where the like um it gets hazy like mm-hmm. this the sound was getting muffled yeah and um yeah just feeling really like uh disoriented by that scene when mm-hmm. he's like running trying to run to the balcony yeah and i thought it was interesting because at this point like when i was thinking back to the movie because i i've seen it a couple times but i haven't seen it in a little while so i was like wait why did she even want to do that and then i when i was like writing the notes for this i was like oh yeah it like i it starts with the whole fact that she just blames herself for everything and like homegirl comes in and is like this is all your fault so yeah yeah, I I got the sense too that um there's a scene towards the end where um her little sister is taking the photos off the wall. Um 
that she had taken and and he, and she reveals too that like the reasons why I was I was taking pictures of dead things and putting them all over the house <laughs> was because I thought it would help my sister in like changing her mind about her plans to kill herself and then they do like mm-hmm. a really brief um kind of a cut to a young shoko crying um mm-hmm. and it's it's and they play that scene as um uh, Shoko's little sister. I, I keep saying Shoko's little sister because I don't remember her name. Um, but right, they they play that scene right as Shoko's little sister is narrating that like this is something that yeah. um, that she said, and so it, may, it it had me thinking that um, that this plan or this idea that she wants to die or that she wants to kill herself um, might have been like around yeah, for a while. as yeah as long for as long as she was a little kid, and yeah. so um that that to me kind of said that like or at least like that kind of i don't know, made it seem more clear mm-hmm. or made more sense if yeah she's been thinking about this actually for a really, yeah. really really long time um and it's more that the of the events that have just happened in most recently right like yeah. uh, um that are kind of reminding her of this plan because mm-hmm. that's the other thing too right is that yeah. like none of this like Shoko, like since since being kids, Shoko mm-hmm. had kind of moved on and like is living was living her own life, and then mm-hmm. Shoya coming back into the picture was re like re um bringing bringing up again all of these feelings that had happened in the past before, right? Like mm-hmm. but before meeting Shoya, she was not running into Naoka. She yeah. like she wasn't like being confronted by the feelings that she felt with um being bullied again, right? Like she she kind of like in a way moved on. And so being around Shoya or like the the events of the movie when Shoya enters her life again is is like bringing back all of these mm-hmm. like feelings, all of these stories that yeah. um might have not been around for her since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. So you're blaming him. <laughs> I, I will say it was probably one of those things, though, where it's like um, it was more internalized. And so him coming back brought it to like the forefront of her mind. Exactly, which it, yeah. At that point, it's like, OK, now we can finally address this and like, mm-hmm. you know, not do yeah. it. Or I guess in her narrative, uh, do it and then. Mm-hmm. you know um yeah. that's what that's what it makes me think is uh as far as like i think that her plan or her desire to kill herself might have been there uh with her since being a kid um but the events of the movie yeah. like took her back to that place of being yeah. a kid and being bullied and um having naoka tell her that she's the one to blame like mm-hmm. it like took her back to that place yeah. and so so that was kind of how i made sense of like you know why 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 is she choosing her to kill herself now it's like okay i mm-hmm. i see which is also interesting because like once that does happen and then um shoya ends up in a coma um i mean now um um uh has more of an excuse why can't i say oh, okay yeah. yeah she has more of an excuse to be like well again this is your fault um and i just think it's wild though that like something that's way more drastic than anything that's happened um Shoko's able to like move through that though and be like no I'm gonna fix this mm-hmm. um and then like proceeds to like speak to all their friends and clear up what happened and start changing the narrative for him while he's not conscious um yeah. and then the bridge scene was very interesting because I was so confused what was happening when I first watched it because I was like 
is this a dream is this really happening like why yeah. are you, why did they decide to go to this bridge but either way he doesn't shoko, like, did, shoko didn't even believe it shoko thought it was a dream yeah so yeah he does wake up and they have a tearful reunion where they both agree that they're going to continue living which mm-hmm. i think is very nice yeah. and um, i i love how they like made parallels between both of their experience like both of their experiences of um choosing not to not to carry out their plan for yeah. suicide um and how it, it like there were so many th- parts of it that like mirrored mm-hmm. each other right like they were yeah. both uh, attempting to jump right um yeah from like a tall from a bridge or like from the balcony mm-hmm. um as there as like the method and and there were fireworks right like fireworks mm-hmm. were the backdrop that kind of like signaled a, a shift for both of them yeah um like uh, at the very beginning it was it was fireworks that uh shoya um that kind of like snapped mm-hmm. snapped shoya out of like the frame of mind that he was in and kind of yeah. like, reminded him of like them as kids and and was the signal that okay he's he's changed his mind he has he has a different um he's he's thinking of a different perspective on how he wants to uh move like move past these feelings and make amends mm-hmm. and then also for uh, Shoko, like the fireworks were, um, mm-hmm. were there as like a backdrop to her also yeah. deciding to change, or like changing her mind and grabbing onto the ledge, um, mm-hmm. and then and for both of them, right? Like it was the 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 shift for them after their attempt was this idea of like I'm gonna fix things. Mm-hmm. Like Shoya was like I'm gonna I'm gonna fix what I what the, like everything that I. I felt like I messed up for this girl's life and Mm -hmm. same with same with Shoko Shoko was like I I messed up Shoya's life or (laughs) feeling that feeling that way and so I'm gonna and I'm gonna fix that too um yeah do you do you think this might be also one of those situations where like if he hadn't gone through if he did go through with it um he wouldn't have been there to essentially save her when she ended up like going through with it as well because i mean that moment would have played out probably different because like they wouldn't have had the experiences they have had but if it's something that was in her mind maybe it was something that she would try to carry out later eventually um but he wouldn't have been there to like Mm -hmm. stop her essentially yeah i think so um there's uh there's a part of me that feels like um yeah like maybe she wouldn't have uh Maybe she wouldn't have committed suicide um, because at that point in her life, right? She like she wasn't um, being confronted by, by like the negative feelings that she mm-hmm. had when she was a kid because Naoka Naoka isn't in her life, Miki isn't in her life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what was her name? Sahara wasn't in her life, and so she had kind of yeah, she just kind of built a different life for herself that didn't have to remind her of all the trauma that she experiences as a kid so part of me thinks that like she might not have and at the same time like you said right like this is an idea that she's if if this is a a feeling an idea that she's held since a kid then it might have it might have eventually um come to the to the forefront again and and yeah not Mm -hmm. i don't know if she would have someone there to support her in the same way that um uh show show ya was Mm -hmm. um so moving forward into the ending though um after being reunited with their friends she understands that people do care about him and he feels redeemed for his guilt and we see um the emotional scene oh i spelled scene wrong on my notes uh, <laughs> all the exes falling away and that was another point when i started crying again because that was very well 
well animated and well uh, depicted and i feel like it's very accurate for how like that kind of feels sometimes when you realize like um all these people around me aren't actually like saying and doing things that i i think they're doing and on top of that there are people that do care so yeah that was really mm. (laughs) yeah that was wholesome (laughs) very wholesome i will say though um i thought they were gonna end up together like i thought we were gonna see like a little little kiss or something Mm -hmm. yeah and like i mean i probably it's probably nice so that's not how it went because it kind of focused more on like like the anxiety uh portions of it and whatnot opposed to like the actual like love story that was there growing but not in like the forefront of the narrative you know what i mean yeah no for sure um yeah i think it, it might have distracted from that from the story of like these these kids overcoming their mm-hmm. like their experiences of trauma and the ways that it's impacted them as adults like it w- it might have distracted from that a little bit um and at the same time like room for a sequel <laughs> you right you right um yeah i do want to bring up though the idea of like redemption when it comes to these things because like do you think at the, like at some point do you think what he was doing was more self-serving anything mm-hmm. yeah i think so and and i think there's um <laughs> i think you kind of get that during the bridge scene mm-hmm. where he's like it, it, it you get a sense that like he doesn't um all the things that he's done that he thought were going to make things better um but but then things weren't and so mm-hmm. um because of what happened um on the ferris wheel um i think that's kind of like where when you see a shift for him where he's kind of also realizing that like um all these things that i thought like would make things better and like would would be me making amends like reconnecting you Mm -hmm. with that girl like from um our our, from our class that like Mm -hmm. left and like reconnecting you with naoka like it it was i think at that point it was more self-serving like he was like let me just do these things and then it'll like then everything will be better and then i can move on um yeah but then it was like that moment during the bridge scene where he was like okay it can't just it can't just be about like me doing xyz like i actually mm-hmm. have to like show up and be like, yeah um an authentic like person for mm-hmm. shoko it's not just about like checking off boxes mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's interesting because like there's a lot of characters in like different shows where um they like have like redemption type arcs and at that point it's like sometimes i'm like do i do i fall into this do i do i personally forgive them um for what they did or like do i hold on to it because like for his character like i i adore his character i love his character so much i mean obviously like when he's older and more like um mature but um i know it's that idea of do do you hold on to like the the crappy things that these like characters or like people in your life for example have done or um do you choose to like believe people can change and I think that's like an important yeah. thing that this show or this movie kind of shows because it's like redemption is possible for whatever mm-hmm. reason it may be. But 
yeah no for sure i think i think it definitely is kind of like a like i feel like there there's probably some people who have watched this movie and and have walked away thinking like no he's still an asshole like mm -hmm. can i use a word oh, i don't know <laughs> oh he's I'll, I'll, uh... oh he's still a douche <laughs> 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 we'll all figure it out. Yeah. Oh, he's still a bleep. Um, like there's, I'm sure there's people that that ha that will walk away from this movie thinking that and feeling mm -hmm. that, um, and have the perspective that like there is no redemption for this character. Yeah. Like the the or at least in the in the sense that there is like um like that there will be a completeness to that redemption. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, like once once he does this, then he is absolved of his sins, and then he can move on and and never you know have to feel bad about what happened ever again kind of thing mm -hmm. and might be more of the perspective of like he's gonna be he's gonna be um thinking about what he did for the rest of his life and yeah and redemption is gonna be like a lifelong journey for this guy mm -hmm. kind of thing um i think there's a lot of different ways in which um someone might interpret shoya's story yeah. as of redemption in, in mm -hmm. those kinds of different ways um and I and I kind of like, and I don't really know where I land yet either on that. There's a part of me that, path? yeah. There's a part of me that feels like, um, that yeah, like he, I I see the ways in which he tried to attempt to make amends, right? Like, um, and and redeem himself, um, and how that changed over time in that way, right? Of like, it started off with just giving back the notebook. Mm -hmm. um but then uh he was like no that that's it like i or that's not that's not all i i need to do i need to do something else maybe if i mm -hmm. reintroduce her to all these other people yeah then that will be that will be what it what it takes to like mm -hmm. to feel like i've redeemed myself and then when that didn't work because naoka is a jerk and um instead like reignited all these negative feelings mm -hmm. from childhood um then he realized no i just need to actually show up for this girl and be like and be the friend that she always like saw in me or wanted in me yeah and and that will be my redemption and so like just knowing that he is someone who is um self-aware enough and insightful enough to recognize that like redemption isn't cut and dry and that redemption for him is going to be like it's going to change like he's mm -hmm. um he's gonna have to continue to be like uh, critical of his own intentions and um creative around like the things that he like what like does in order to show up for her um just knowing that he has that ability to do that tells me that um that he is i guess capable of redemption yeah. and so maybe maybe he's not quite there and maybe like he feels really good at, like we've seen this right in the movie like he he felt really good and then the, the exes would fall away and then 20 minutes later all the exes are back right like mm -hmm. and so i i would wonder right if that might be if that's something that we're not seeing at the end of this movie right is because um their life goes on and maybe yeah. after this festival something else happens and and um shoya goes back to a place where he's mm -hmm. where there's exes on everyone's eyes again and mm -hmm. um but i just but knowing his journey through the movie i trust that like if that were to happen again that shoya would would know that like okay like there's um I, this is this is a call to action for me like i need to yeah. do something to to show up in a way that like yeah helps me to um two things i believe the manga i haven't finished it i've only read like two volumes um i believe the manga does go past that scene 
mm. of um, like the ending. Um, I don't know what happens though, so I can't really give much insight there. <laughs> but um, on a separate note, for some reason, this like reminded me of the whole like Endeavor situation with uh, Todoroki um, and him trying to get like redemption for being a crappy father. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, never forgive that man. <laughs> yeah. No. But I'm over here like, um, Shoei's been forgiven by me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just yeah. think it's interesting. Yeah. Well, well, with that situation, though, too, with Endeavor, I think, like, at least my impression or my uh, impression of Endeavor is that he, he is more of the self-serving like this redemption is for me i just want to feel better about myself i don't you know this Mm -hmm. is more so that i can move on it's not Mm -hmm. i don't really care about how you're feeling or how you're doing Um, yeah and he and he also goes about it in his own way opposed to like what other people would probably recommend yeah uh for his own redemption but Mm-hmm. yeah yeah especially sort of Roki, to like the, the person that like he that he is seeking redemption from the most or like acceptance from the most he's like Todoroki's telling him to his face like I just don't want to be associated with you and <laughs> and was like no I need my redemption so so that you do associate with me and it's like well I just think it's so funny because like he obviously like the physical abusive part comes with with Todoroki well with Shoto but like he has like three other siblings that he can also try to get redemption from, but he's like, nope, gonna focus on the one child that's the hardest. Yeah, but but uh, it's because like he was his like perfect specimen, wasn't he? Yeah, isn't that how he like thought of Todoroki? Totally. But then yeah. maybe you should be trying to redeem yourself with the children that you thought were imperfect and treated like they were. Yeah. Why am I so upset right now? Um, no, that's, I, <laughs> I, th- I think that just goes to show that Endeavor is like a deeply flawed character. Yeah. Or deeply, deeply flawed. Yeah, not flawed mm-hmm. character and the character is bad, but like mm-hmm. if, oh my gosh, what am I saying? I know what Deeply you flawed person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, um, I have a, this is going to be related in a second. I had, I bought a um, robot vacuum. Little circular things that yeah, I bought it a while ago. I I adore it so much. I just forget to clean it, it out sometimes. But then I was like, I gotta name it. It moves on its own. It's its own being. I named it Endeavor, and people are like, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause he sucks." <laughs> I like that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's fun too because he does stupid things like get stuck under weird places, and I'm like, "Endeavor, why are you like this?" Stop. So um the last bit i want to talk about unless you have anything else to talk about for the movie is me and my gullibleness um, what does that mean? don't don't read, don't read the notes um so oh. <laughs> i was told at one point don't remember by whom but someone told me that this was based off a of real story and that in the real story which I believe, like, that's believable. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not like anything fantastical is happening. So yeah, I, no, I it's, not like, it. it's not like someone's selling my heroes based off of a mm-hmm. real story. So then, um, in apparently, in the real story, um, Shoya actually died when he, like, saved her. Yeah. And it made me really upset. And then when I was t- doing the notes for this, I went in to, like, check the details of that. Because I'm like, oh, like, this would be something interesting to talk about. It's not real. It's not real. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> There's just uh, the internet's need to like throw myths and stuff and stories onto things that aren't true. Um, as interesting as it would have been. But yeah, so that's actually not a thing. I um, just want to debunk that. But yeah. not that I'm upset that someone <laughs> didn't die. Um, I just thought it would have been really dramatic if that's how yeah. the story actually that would, went. That would be quite the 
the wrench mm-hmm. in the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any last notes before we move into recommendations? Um, just, uh, just to say, wow! Thanks for ruining my Saturday. I'm just kidding. That's what I'm here for. Melissa's their Saturday ruin of options. No. Watch the Fireflies. Oh, I, I am my. I've been meaning to watch that movie, but I, I. You can't trick me because I know it. Watch it on a Monday. It's a tough one. I know it's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, mm. I, yeah, I like. I want to share it with people, and at the same time, it's like, what? How do I prepare people for this? Movie? You don't. You just don't. tell people to watch things and move on. <laughs> oh my it's my favorite thing. <laughs> So do you, do you have any anxiety related recommendations or just recommendations in general? Um, no, but hopefully in a couple of weeks when I have more time on my hands to like catch up on my backlog, I will uh, have yes. more recommendations. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I watch I this movie, up. I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like, oh, that's cheating. I said that this is your recommendation. Yeah. Um, well, my recommendations. Um, I put down a recommendation that I was planning on watching, and then I didn't. So I had to change it. My original recommendation was, uh, I think it's called Welcome to the NHK or something. Um, so I didn't end up watching it and didn't want to recommend something that I haven't completely seen. Um, which is stupid because I'm about to recommend something that I've only seen an episode or two of, but I think it does depict um, uh, anxiety pretty well. It's called March Comes In Like a Lion. Don't ask me what it's about. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to pull up something. I That's terrible of me. I should probably say what it's about. I was say, I'm like, I'm Googling right now and I'm going to have more to say about it. Than <laughs> okay, so the, the main character um, has never... Um, uh, Kiri Kiriyama has never had any luck with social relationships as a child. He's bullied and isolated. See me thinking about themes. Uh, anyways, and <laughs> things only get worse as he gets older. His parents pass away, and his adoptive father puts him on a pedestal for his exceptional shogi talents. You know, shogi is. Is that a board game? Yeah. Okay. Uh, causing his adoptive sister to despise him. By the time he gets to his late teens, he is, has little desire or ability to form meaningful bonds with anyone. Thanks to other people like the warm and friendly Kawamoto sisters and his boisterous self-proclaimed rival name that I'm not going to pronounce, he's never completely isolated, but it'll take a lot of work for him to come out of the shell. So, Great. really on theme. Uh, <laughs> The next recommendation is just Yuri on Ice because, like, Yuri is a big ball of anxiety. And I completely understand him with uh, with that one. I don't know. Yuri, Yuri's character is very relatable in, like, so many senses. Yes. Um, also, and, uh, food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my other recommendation is literally anything because I'm pretty sure you can find anxiety in every anime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. I feel like anxiety is such a um universal human experience like every mm-hmm. like everyone has an experience of anxiety it's just a matter of like how people um cope I get, yeah how people cope 
how it shows up for people and yeah. even just how people talk about it. Like I didn't have the word anxiety in my vocabulary until mm-hmm. like late into high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know same. what it was. I just, I just called things. I, I would just say I was worried or nervous, which I mm-hmm. mean, same, like, or, or not same, but like similar feeling, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, didn't have access to that language even for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us today. And I can't wait to see what our next episode has in store. I think we have a good one coming up. Uh, after this so uh, excited yeah you can follow anime for humanity uh anime humanity on instagram or uh anime the number four humanity on twitter for more information and you can follow me at at pockethealer.therapy on instagram well we'll see you next time bye